Welcome to the Elevate Your Event podcast, where we talk about how to plan and execute an unforgettable event that will dazzle your guests and generate more income for your organization. From fundraising and securing trendy auction items to event production and logistics, get the best tips and advice from seasoned fundraising and event professionals who have been in your shoes. Welcome back to the Elevate Your Event podcast, where we talk about all the various ways we can help you make your next fundraising event even better. And this is a special episode. This is what we're calling our grab bag episode. And so we brought in some event experts to help us kind of work through some of the things that have come up in customer conversations and questions we've gotten from you guys. So in the studio today, we have, introduce Lori yourself. Lori Mackay. Lori Mackay. <laughs> So Lori is on our client services onboarding team and she goes to a ton of events. And so some of these stories probably came in from her in our little grab bag. Mm. We also have Kristen Wheeler. Hi. Kristen makes all the trains run on time at Handbit, especially this podcast. And we love to have her in the studio because she has been involved in a number of fundraising events as well. And we've got a, and so normally Diana Duponchet is here. So unfortunately she couldn't join us today. So I have to be the one with the list. <laughs> you have a list. That you I do have a list. You, you finally have a list. Diana made me promise I'd bring a list. So I did. <laughs> so that would be step one in event planning is having a list. It's <laughs> having, or, ha, or knowing somebody that has a list. Mm-hmm. There you go. So my wife is an amazing list person and she likes to not just, she's the type of person that will put the thing on the list just to check just, it off. That is so me. I'm one of those. <laughs> just that satisfaction of yes and it's all on paper or the check yeah. mark Oof. well here's the big deal i i am not a paper person so it's on my phone i have the digital list here my wife is a paperless person so is diana and mm-hmm. with the pink pen and i don't have the pink pen or the paper list but i've got some great stuff we're going to talk about <laughs> so again these things that we're talking about today these were things that have come in from viewer comments and questions or from our service team and also to remind folks, we've mentioned this before, regularly through on a weekly basis, we meet as a team to discuss things that have happened at previous events. And these aren't you know, necessarily technology related things. These are a lot of times, these are logistical related things where sometimes it maybe changes how we train our clients. It could also you know, warrant or you know, maybe prompt some sort of change to our software or an enhancement to our software to kind of help folks along, you know, depending on what we're running into. But let's let's go through these today. And as you can imagine, no surprise to many of you, two of these have to do with check-in. Check in. That's our favorite topic. We get the most questions <laughs> about check-in. Check-in brings the most stress. Registration, check-in. Don't you think? I know. Yes. And, and the funny thing is, is I was at an event the other night and I was more stressed to check out. <laughs> <laughs> it's true. It can depend on the event. Yeah, sure. well, everybody was hammered, and it was like <laughs> I was worried about event, like them dropping their stuff, and I, I was like, I really don't want to hand this to you, ma'am. I really want to walk this to your car for you, <laughs> and I don't want you getting in that car anyway. But anyway, so let's let's go through these, and then you know, obviously, if you're listening to this podcast and you feel like you need us to cover something on a future event, we're happy to do that. Okay, so the first one was actually an event I was at, and this is related to something that you had suggested, Lori, that we implemented. And it's called tiered check-in. Okay, not I, tiered I, like crying. Don't cry at, at check-in. check-in. Yeah, don't cry. <laughs> <laughs> Tears of joy check-in <laughs> is what I call this one. Tiered is yes. in T-I-E-R-E-D. Tiered. 
So it was interesting. So we, there was about 300 or so people at this event, maybe 350. And they came and they gave us three check-in volunteers. And then we had a staff of four. And what we did with them is we put one of our leads in the back on a table with a laptop who was just kind of handling escalation issues. And we put all seven people on iPads. One was on an iPhone. The other six were on iPads, all equipped with card swipers, greeting people at the door. Nice. Yes. And what was amazing, so you have to kind of imagine this was not a major, like a majorly big area. Okay. So the the atrium foyer area was was not huge. I probably would have laid out and designed this event a little bit differently, but either way, it was there was enough room in there for us to do this. And so about, I'd say about 20, 30 minutes into check-in, it's running really smooth. I mean, people are coming in, they're getting checked in, they're getting a glass of champagne, they're moving on. It's awesome. Okay. And so our client comes up to me and she says, what's going on? (laughs) And I'm like, what do you mean? She's like, I'm just not used to this. Where are the laptops and the lines? And I was like, oh, we're doing a tear check-in. <laughs> <laughs> That's our new coined phrase. Thanks to Lori Mackay. <laughs> and I said, hey, look around. I said, what do you see here? Within five seconds of somebody walking in the door, they're being greeted and checked in. That is how well this is working. And their volunteers loved it for two reasons. One, they were standing up, chatting with people face-to-face, and this one lady's like, I'm a hugger. And I just hated last year. I was behind the laptop and I'd have to stand up from the table and reach over the table to hug my friends that came in. And now I just get to hug them and we get to hang out. She said, but the other thing I loved is that they get to watch me check them in. And so they, if I can't spell their name, I just hand them the iPad and they do it. Or they get to see me and correct me as I'm doing it. And she's like, and everybody feels like I'm not behind some magic screen they can't see, that it's like, it's very transparent. And they absolutely loved it so okay so it's it's running smooth and then i'd say maybe 10 minutes later she comes back in she's like okay i'm totally fine it's just different (laughs) (laughs) yeah you got to get past the 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 laptops on a table and people looking down at you you know to get checked in and you're looking up at them like hi what's your name you know it's just so much more personal when you're looking at somebody eye to eye and not to mention, like Jeff said, the, the ability to be able to greet people, meet them at their right when they walk in the door, because there's that other aspect that we've talked about with running an event where people don't necessarily know where they're going. Right. So you're taking that that away immediately. As soon as they walk in, you just you go to them. And so it just makes you mobile and makes you more approachable. And I think they li- I mean, people really liked it. Yeah. I mean, so at one point I became the greeter. They had a greeter and then this greeter met somebody they knew and they were gone stop doing the greeter job (laughs) definitely don't put that person in the front door if they know everybody (laughs) side that's a side topic maybe a grab bag future one but anyway so i was the one saying hey welcome to the event tonight you know hopefully you guys found a good place to park we're here to get you all registered and checked in you know and then i say and i would look around and be like jason's gonna help you right over then i would escort them over to jason jason would check them in and it was all perfect Okay. The only thing that we needed to do, I would say differently, was make sure that, especially on the volunteer side, that once they were done checking them in, it's time to move them on. Yeah. (laughs) Because how are the kids? What did you guys do last night? I think I saw you at the gym. You know, so there's a little bit of that going on, and that's just a training issue. Just 
make sure, and that, that wouldn't change at all if they were sitting behind a laptop anyway. Right. Agreed. Now, the first question that's obviously going to come is, what if I'm handing out custom paddle numbers? Ooh. Well, I worked an event that, this is funny, it was a cowboy event. I, I think it was, a, oh, it was a concert, big concert. They made their paddle numbers, and it just happened to work out this way. They actually were the size to fit in your back pocket. So I just had a bunch of paddle numbers in my back pocket. I pulled them out <laughs> when I needed them. You know, because typically they're five by seven. Roughly. They're big, and then people fold them, and then they lose them. And I'm with These you on that. Like, what would this be? Five, three and a half by five. Roughly? Yeah, they look like fat tickets and um, a fat ticket size. Yeah, and we had an auctioneer here in Denver that did that once, and I thought it was awesome because they did fit in your back pocket. He regretted because <laughs> he's an he old man. Read and he couldn't read them. <laughs> <laughs> These worked out really good. That's they were what like big a, spotters are for. But. Yeah, bigger, po- like a bigger postcard, like a long postcard. Yeah. And then they had their program and their agenda on the other side. So it was really convenient. And so we were able to just pull them out and do that. But I mean, I like having cocktail tables available for check-in as well. So mm-hmm. you can have, you know, your paddle numbers on the cocktail tables. I put my paddle number underneath my iPad. No big deal. It, it seems to be pretty manageable to be able to do that. Yeah. And, and to your point, mm-hmm. if you're standing and you don't want to have to kind of manipulate an iPad or an iPhone with a stack of paddle numbers, because you can manually assign paddle numbers yeah. at the door. Just have a stack with you and whatever the number is, just type it in and you're done. Having those high top, you know, kind of cabaret cocktail tables works mm-hmm. for that. And then we like to stagger them, you know, kind of the front ones are a little farther in and then they go farther back so you can kind of get people in the door easier. So, and I think the, the other thing that works well and is critical to a tier check-in is that greeter at the door yes. shuffling people to people who can check them in. Yeah, so. I worked an event. Gosh, it was a it was a luncheon event a few weeks back. Yeah. And we had... 450 people coming in in a matter of 45 minutes, half hour, 45 minutes. Yeah. Luncheon events are busy. They're busy check-in. Very busy check-in. Very, can be chaotic. People can be in lines for longer than they need to be. So we ended up doing the tiered check-in kind of concept as well, where we had the people in the front and then all the way to the back. And it just worked beautifully. It It was super fast. They were very content, but it required, believe it or not, Jeff, two line marshals because Ooh. of the how narrow the the venue was so you had one line marshal at the door waving at the other line marshal who was able to say these spots are open because we had about 15 check-in yep. volunteers which if you're doing a one-hour check-in with 450 people you need about 15 people to help you with that so it made it really quick i don't think there was a point at all in that entire check-in that there was a line so that's awesome and the other thing that's right. wonderful about the tiered check-in concept, if you do have a venue that's a little bit wider and maybe has a little bit more space, I like to pull groups of people off to the side and stay in their little group for check-in. And I just check in the whole group right yep. there. And we pull them off to the side so they're not clogging. You know, groups are known for clogging. <laughs> and they like to stand and drink and talk and chat and da, da, da. And I'll be like, why don't you just all come right over here right. and just bring them off to the side. So you just train your volunteers to do that. And then it clears the space for the other people as they're coming in as well. Hey, so just want to let you know this event is brought to you by Handbit. Handbit is mobile bidding and auction technology software built by fundraisers for fundraisers. So we're able to help you guys with everything from ticketing and registration to mobile bidding to live auction recording, appeals, 
you name it. And the nice thing is, is in addition to the software that we're able to provide, we have a ton of services we can offer you. If you need help getting everything set up, if you need coaching, if you need just counseling and advice on how to get through your event, if you need someone to show up and make sure that it runs smoothly, these are all the types of services that we offer. So if you want more information about what we do, click on the link below or reach out to us at handbid.com and we'd be happy to talk to you. What about name tags at check-in? Oh, you just said a bad word. <laughs> Kristen. <laughs> you threw that out there. I knew just... they had thoughts. I just had to stir the pot. <laughs> no name tags at check-in. None. Zero. So, look, I mean, it's <laughs> it's a it's a trade-off. And, you know, we've we've worked with plenty of people that, that obviously see the value in donor development out of events. And it's nice to have name tags so that you can tell your board members, you need to go meet with Kristen, you need to meet with Lori, and you need to meet with Jeff, and and then they don't have to hunt around with a Facebook looking for you, they just can find the name Mm. tags. I get that, okay? However, they are a disaster at check-in in most cases for a variety of reasons, and I don't care how intimate you think you are with your donors, they're still name tag issues. But that could go on to our, that's a good segue into our next grab bag topic, which was this idea of a check-in where you don't even talk to anybody. They just kind of flow right in. And this comes out of an event. I also, I have not attended this many events, you guys. I don't know how long it's been. Okay. <laughs> it's been kind of fun to get back into it. I did I did attend this event. And so we get there. And of course, there's name tags everywhere. And I'm like, ah. <laughs> <laughs> okay, here we go. All right. And then I was also met with a we have already pre-registered everybody. Everybody's paddle numbers on the table. People are literally just going to come in, grab their name tag, and they're going to go sit down, and there will be absolutely no line and nothing going on at check-in. Hmm. How'd that awesome. work? It didn't. <laughs> <laughs> so when we tell you don't pre-register people, it's not just because our software doesn't handle it well. Our software will pre-register anybody you want. It's because it doesn't necessarily work the way people think it's going to work. This concept of everybody's going to walk in the door, nobody's going to have to talk to me, they're all going to be pre-registered, they grab their name tag, their table number's on the back, it sounds so awesome. Yeah. Okay, so let's walk through what didn't work because this is – what didn't work is what we predicted would not work, and it's a combination of things. So the first thing is is that you've now pre-registered two people, right? So walking in the door – is Adam and Lori Mackay, and so there's Adam Mackay and Lori Mackay's name tags, and they've been pre-registered, both of them, and they have two paddle numbers, and most guests don't, their couples don't want two paddle numbers, okay? And one of them has a credit card on it, and the other one probably doesn't. And so, okay, which one does? I got to look that up anyway, okay? So you walk in the door, and you're like, hi, we're Adam, oh, look, you're on the you know, you guys are awesome because you pre-registered table. So which one of you registered a credit card? Right. And they look at each other and Lori would go, it was definitely me, right? <laughs> and nine times out of 10, they're probably right. And we'd look it up and we're like, nope. And Adam go, yep, it was me. And so we have to look up the other paddle number and say, oh, the credit card's on that one. Okay, so we have choice, guys. So Lori, we can add a credit card to your account so you guys can bid. Or you guys can just bid under Adam's account. 
And okay, well, we don't want two accounts. I'm sure you didn't want two accounts. We didn't make that <laughs> you decision don't have that for choice. you. <laughs> that decision's been made for you. Yes. And so that was one issue. And so what's at the table? Two different paddle numbers. They forget which one is which. You know, they're all you know, they're not gonna look on the back of their name tag all the time. So, you know, we had plenty of people showing up at the end of the night with two bills. Yeah. And then we gotta move, you know, purchases around and all that kind of stuff, which it's not hard, but for guests that wanna check themselves out. It is hard because mm-hmm. now they come to you saying, well, I really don't want two credit card transactions. I really just want one. I want it under this account. Can you move everything over here? Okay. So now you're having guests come to check out and that was supposed to be avoided. That was the first thing. So the other problem that we ran into was people were told, hey, we've pre-registered you, but we want you to go in and add a card on your own. Okay. Because mm-hmm. they can't capture cards in advance. So, yes, I'm going to pre-register, you know, Adam and Lori Mackay, but I'm going to email them and say, using the email address I just emailed you, go into one of your accounts and add your card. Okay. Well, guess what? They didn't use that email address. Okay. Yeah. So then they go in and they register a completely different account under a completely different email address. And there is no software in the world smart enough to know that, you know, fungirl22 at gmail.com is the same as... <laughs> Did I just reveal your email? I'm really oh. sorry. <laughs> Don't everybody email Don't me. Email fungirl22. <laughs> Is the same as Lori at handbid.com. So, I mean, that's the problem. And right? now you and have my email. Have- yeah. <laughs> so, you know, that's that's another challenge, mm-hmm. right? So then they're like, I know I registered online. I look right here and they'll pull out their handbid phone and they'll show me and I'll look at it and go, oh, yeah, you did under a different, you know, paddle number Mm, okay so then we say okay well you have your credit card under that one so that's probably the one you should have unfortunately i gotta move it because i already put one at your table i could have handed you one right there it would have been perfectly fun and easy and done but unfortunately your paddle number was at your table so now i gotta go into your account and switch your paddle number to the one that's at your table so again just another step in this whole goal of not talking to anybody we are talking to people. Which I don't get anyway, because I think you can look and view check-in as an opportunity to welcome your guests and set the expectation of how the evening's going to go. So why wouldn't you want to welcome them? Why wouldn't you want to make their experience a little smoother and a little bit clearer for them as they come I, in? So, I mean, I'm all about the concept of a self-registration, scanning QR codes and registering and signing up for a silent auction but only in the case if you're not handing out paddle numbers. If you're handing out paddle numbers, then use it as an opportunity and reframe how you're thinking about that in your mind so that you're using it as an opportunity to welcome people and to get people what they need to be successful to bid in your fundraiser. Yeah, and why not the best of both worlds, right? Yeah. Why not go online, register yourself, let Hambit pre-assign some random paddle number you're never gonna use, show up at the door, Welcome, Adam and Lori. I see you're already registered. You already have a card on file. Here's your paddle number. Like yeah. literally, like that's all you're doing, and it's over. Like so quick. That. Well, and I think regardless of how you choose to do check-in, if I'm a guest at an event, I want check-in not only to be a welcoming experience, but I'd like to know that you are expecting me. You have been expecting me. So whatever that process is, whether you've done it in advance or you have everything ready oh, yes, I see you here. Welcome to the event. Your table is this way. Or please feel free to grab a drink on your way in. I like to know that you are expecting me. So 
if you if there's a snafu at check-in, it's like, well, we don't see you on the list. Then there's this feeling of this guest all, all of a sudden feeling awkward or insecure or vulnerable. What do you mean? I paid my ticket. I did this. I did that. Right. I think just whatever whatever process you choose, it's important that guests feel seen and known and yeah, that I, you're expecting. Well, I think you them. brought up something important, and that is when you've made decisions for your guests and then you go ask them to do something and they make a different decision – they're going to feel like they did something wrong. Yes. Right. That's right? a good point. And don't don't make that decision. Let them pick the email they want to use. Let them pick the phone number they want to use. They're, you're not saving anybody any time. You're you're make I get it. So you don't want an empty guest list where you're having to type in a bunch of emails and all there. No one disagrees with that. Yeah. Right? I mean, but there's ways to do that that don't mean you going in and doing it for them. And that's where I think the big distinction is. Because or if you are <laughs> I'm never going to say you should do this, but if you did that, don't tell them to go online and register themselves in at the same time to add their credit yeah. card. I mean, that makes it even worse. So I would say that what the, the other big final thing that was a challenge with this one is that the data wasn't always right. And so emails were mistyped. They never got any information. So we're having to go in there and fix that. Or worse yet, their name tags weren't on the pre-registered table and they should have been. And if you want to, or, you know, you want to frustrate your guests, Tell them that, hey, we're going to put your name tags on this table, and this is the you guys are rock stars table, and then they did everything you asked them, and then you didn't put their, <laughs> you didn't put their name tag on the rock star table. Yeah. So it, it's no big deal. Like People are pretty gracious, and, and they're fine. And it's like, I got you. I'll go find your name tags. It's all good, right? And they go over there, and they you know, hand it to them. And then I had to, you know, every time – we handed out name tags. We gave them the speech. Okay, on your table are two paddle numbers. You need to pick one to bid under. Mm-hmm. If you bid under both, it's totally fine. You're going to get two bills. So you guys decide. Okay, right? They appreciated that because I would say 90% of the time, by probably higher than that, a couple's going to bid under one account. That's yeah. all they want, right? Well, I had one organization that didn't want to hand out paddle numbers at check-in because it was at a big museum and they thought it was going to be too cumbersome for them to carry around a paddle number while they're touring this museum on their way to the to the actual dinner venue part. So they decided to put paddle numbers on the tables, but they were blank. And then they asked the guests to write their paddle number on oh, no. the paddle. <laughs> Just a random paddle number? Oh, no, no. They had to figure out in, you know, on the software where their paddle number was. And of course, nobody did it. And so then when it became the paddle raise, people weren't raising their paddle. They were raising their hand. And then we didn't know who gave what. And it was just this really crazy time. So, you know. I have a better idea. I have never tried this, but tell me what you think of this. So maybe it's not a better idea. You haven't said. (laughs) He has an idea. (laughs) I have an idea. (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> so what if you delivered the paddle? Ooh. So, because guests don't like to carry them around, especially if you're in a museum. They don't want, they're going to go around with cocktails. So what if you just had a check-in queue? So as your guests were getting checked in and they were getting assigned paddles, okay, mm-hmm. you didn't have, you, they don't care unless they're going to an iPad what their paddle number is until you do a, a live auction or appeal. So you could have a queue that would say, Here's 101, 102, and 103 with these last names. Go to table 12. And just mm-hmm. have runners go put them out on tables. Or on big envelopes with table one o- table 12, and then you put all the paddles for table 12 and in the it. envelope, and then you have runners deliver it. Yeah. I, d- I actually like that, Jeff. I might try to see if I can implement that in my next. Okay. Well, applicable event. 
I don't don't come I asking just... me for a raise if it works. <laughs> <laughs> I will let you know if it doesn't. <laughs> if it does work, it's all my idea. Yeah. <laughs> I think it'd be interesting to try. Yeah. You know? And we've talked about like, because, you know, in our software, we have the ability to, you know, u- using some third-party tools, we could literally have text flying out to auction managers every time someone checks in, or it could be a Slack channel, or it could be a Q- whatever it is, it could be a Google spreadsheet. But how fun would it be is as people are checking in and they're getting assigned paddles, it's like, Lori Mack, I checked in, table 12, paddle 102. And someone just sees that, grabs paddle 102, takes it to 12, table 12 and writes Mac I on it, puts it on the table. Love it. Now that's service, but they're still getting checked in. They're still getting some sort of welcoming greeting. And you can check in again, multiple ways. I mean, I definitely lean against the, the, the table with the laptops lined up with the, you know, I like a more casual check-in, a little bit more relaxed check-in. But back to what we were talking about with name tags. So I don't hate name tags at events, but I do hate them at check-in. So I do like, I've worked that one, I've worked You just want to put it at their table? No, no, no. I like it where, we've talked about this tiered check-in concept. I like it where t- check-in is like, you're doing different things and you're checking in, but you don't really know you're getting checked in. You're just kind of being funneled through. So for instance, you walk in, you get a drink. Oh, there's the photo booth. Oh, here's a table with name tags. Now you go here and get your paddle number. Now you go here and get your table and now you go in, you know, or something along those lines. So I like it to be, before check-in. Okay. Because I love to know people's names at check-in. I just think it's so funny when somebody puts on their name tag and then you're like, hey, Bob, what's up? And they're like, how did you know my name? I'm like, because you're wearing it. I mean, it's just, I really love the check-in. I like name tags before check-in, but I okay. do recognize that has to be in a very structured environment. Yeah. Like, okay, fine. So I, <laughs> I, 90% of the reason why I hate name tags is because you're doing it at check-in. You're doing it at check-in. Okay, so fair enough. I agree with you there. I still think they're difficult to get right for a lot of True. folks. And so, you know, there is a person at this last event who is the name tag reprinter outer. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, I've had that. Yes. Right, cuz you have last minute guest changes. Lori Lori's not coming, so I brought my other friend and so Kristen's coming now in her place. Can you print out her name tag so no one calls her Lori all night? Yeah, mm-hmm. I can do that. You know, or misspelling of names. Ooh ouch happens right missing name tags because the sponsor never filled it in so it's like you know acme guest one acme guest two i was just gonna say don't don't call them guest yeah like just just don't make a name tag at that point no don't don't yeah so yes i i could see that and it just seems like you know i don't know maybe if our clients would get it better you know i remember one event it was still at check-in it's probably I was still angry and annoyed all at the same time, <laughs> but they put them all out in alphabetical order. Okay. And she's like, oh, no. this is going to be so awesome. They're all in alphabetical order. And there's like 200 and something name tags on this table. And then this girl goes, Hey, what about these? She pulls out another shoe box and it's like all the F's and G's. Right. <gasps> and she looks at me, she's like, and I was yeah. like, Oh yeah, you missed all the F's and G's right in the middle of your table of name tags. <laughs> Just leave them in the box. Just leave them in the box at that point. We'll find them later. Now, I mean, if you're going to do name tags, I do agree. You do need to have a name tag printer outer. I liked that title. Why not on the fly? Yeah. You How can print that? them out on the fly. Mm-hmm. We should add that to our software. What do you think? Yeah. Along with our new check-in kiosk. Yes. It's a, like your boarding pass <laughs> and my, and my, well, and my like baggage that. tickets. That's exactly what we I want. Here it comes. Recently it when, yeah, they had a little kiosk and you were registered, 
But you went up and you said, this is who I am. And it spit out your name tag and you clipped it on your little lanyard and you went about yeah. your way. They just had somebody there to like reload the paper. It was yeah. like a craft project. So yeah. I also, so <laughs> yes. there's only one other, and you just brought this up. So I'm going to, I think we should make this point. The other reason why I hate name tags, and I did go to a recent networking event with my wife, who was wearing an outfit that did not was not conducive to name tag wearing. Yeah, that the yes. clippy kind. So I am in the. You can't stick them on like is it polyester or rayon or whatever it is. Those dresses like the, the name tags fall Just right off. Just come right them. off. Yeah. yeah, or hair. Like I can't yeah. wear name tags because it gets caught in my hair. Yes. So please give them a lanyard. Please, like if you're going to do name tags, the whole clippy thingy. No, I like a like, lanyard. I mean, you do. You are looking at someone's belly to find out their name. Oh, like, hey. it's fine as long as it's not like a dressy event. Yeah. I know, but I mean, if you're going to do a dressy event, event you're, how are you clipping that thing on your dress? But no, I think you don't need. I like just name don't, tags, but yeah. I would say don't do a name tag if you're doing any sort of theme formal. or formal okay. or costume type event because. It ruins Fair it. Enough. Ruins the costume. Mm-hmm. I hate wearing them as well. Networking events, it makes sense. If you're doing like a yes. stewardship event where you're just thanking your donors and you're not raising money or not significant amounts of money, do name tags, okay? Conference, convention. Yes. If you're doing, a like to your point, a fundraiser and it's a black tie gala, please don't do them. I, I, I don't know. I get it, right? Yeah. I know you like them because you want to say Bob when he walks in the door. <laughs> how like the cool touch. would it be? Okay, so you want to talk about how we can get super techie here because we, we built this in Ooh, a- Can you flash something on his forehead? No, I could put something right on the iPad when he walks in if he had his phone. Ooh. So <clears throat> we have not tried this, and this could be kind of creepy and cool all at the same time, but you literally could, if you had the Hambit app on your phone and you walked up near somebody, it could tell you that, Lori Mack, I just arrived. I love that. Yeah. So creepy like and cool all at the same time. That's what I told you. So anyway, so that <laughs> but that is the type of stuff that technology could help you with. Mm-hmm. I don't know. I we we name tags wasn't even on my list and we just talked about <laughs> Oh, name I tags. thought it was on the list. Oh well. <laughs> well, it was called the contact list check in with pre registration where I don't have to talk to my guests when they arrive. And we talked about how you should talk to your guests when just, they arrive. You should talk to them no matter what. Yes. Just don't do paddle numbers. Yeah. Well, if you don't want to have a check-in process I'd like that just have really amazing greeters QR codes let people mill about and don't do paddle numbers could I still I mean I hear what you're saying and if you're just doing an auction that makes sense I like collecting information at the door yeah because <laughs> we're gonna do a podcast on this and we're gonna we're gonna bring in a donor development expert who I've known for a while, and I already know what she's going to tell you. She is going to tell you that this is an entry point to a relationship, and you cannot have a relationship with somebody when you don't know how to reach out to them. Yeah. Okay. And so I, and I'm just going to make this final point because this came across at this event, but it's come across before. Your guests are not too important to give you their information. Yep. They're not too famous. They're not too wealthy. They're not too snobby. They might be too snobby, but I can't control that. <clears throat> but I, what I can tell you is that wealthy people, famous people expect they're at a fundraiser that you're going to be able to connect with them. They expect it. They expect a thank you. Mm-hmm. They expect a reach out. And how do you do that when you're not getting their information? Yeah. I mean, and we've been to events. It, it, it drives me crazy. You go to these events. I don't want you collecting any information on them. I pre-registered them with all fake email addresses. Yeah, oh, that's going to be what's fun. What's the point? Well, <laughs> and so the event ends and these people raise their paddle or they bid in this auction and they leave. Yeah. And then it's like, 
okay, well, how are we supposed to get a hold of all these people? Well, you should have thought about that when you put fake email addresses in <laughs> and told us we couldn't collect their phone number, right? Yeah. So now this is, I'm sorry, this is going to sound snarky, but it, be, it really kind of becomes your problem and it shouldn't, right? You could have solved this problem up front. I've checked in famous people. You've checked in famous people. They're, they're gracious. And mm-hmm. guess what? If they don't want to give you their info, they're not going to register. Or they'll, yep. or they'll send their assistant over. Yeah. I've had that happen multiple times. Yeah. I mean, it's their assistant. Yeah. I checked in Pat Sajak. <laughs> he gave me his info. He <laughs> wanted to be participating in this fundraiser. He had no problem checking in with us. I do agree with you, Jeff. I mean, I talk to people about this all the time. When we do check-in training and stuff, make the assumption in your mind up front that people are coming to your event to give. Mm-hmm. They are coming to your event to give to you because they love you. So you want to provide that opportunity. Yep. So don't don't shirk away from it. Fall into it. Like yeah. just embrace it. So let's and that's a good segue into our next thing because we've been talking about collecting data and you can't collect data that or you can't do anything with data you don't collect. We get this question, this came up again about CRM integration. Do you guys integrate with CRMs or, you know, should my mobile bidding company integrate with a CRM? And the answer is maybe. Yeah. What are you going to do with it? I mean, the first thing that comes out of my mind, what are you going to do with that information? So sure, you want to synchronize contacts so check-ins easier because you can look them up out of your Salesforce database? Great, okay? Or you want to synchronize all those transactions out of Handbit or your mobile bidding platform into your CRM? Great. What else are you going to do with the data? Because, you know, if, if you're actually going to take it into your CRM and then say, Lori Mackay attended this event. Lori Mackay bid on these items. Lori Mackay checked into this event. She bought this ticket. She donated this amount of money. All of that is valuable information only if you do something with it. Yeah. Besides sending them a tax receipt. Like that, again, entry, you know, events become an entry point to a relationship. And mm-hmm. it's called a CRM because it is a customer relationship management tool. So it's the relationship part. It's not a customer reporting tool. It does that but it's a relationship management tool. So it is important that you think about how am I using that information? So is it important that your mobile bidding platform integrate with your CRM? At one level, sure, your finance and accounting people probably want it to, but beyond that, your donor development people should really want it to, Yeah. if you're gonna use that data. So anyway, that came up from one of our readers and so we wanted to cover that. And so we, the answer to that is yes, we yes, do. Yes, yes. Oh, yes, our software does. <laughs> but again, we still ask the question, what are you doing with that right. info? And and again, we will dive deeper into this because this question's come up and we're just going to do a separate podcast on it, which is specifically what is the role of events in the overall donor development program You know, or how you're going to nurture and, and grow through different fundraising channels. It plays a role in that, and we'll talk about that in future ones. Okay, I got two more on the list here. As I, I can't check them off. I wish I could. <laughs> the solutions table. So this was brought up Ooh, in former. Yeah. This is brought up in a former podcast, and people want us to dive a little bit more into this solutions table. So, do you want to talk a little bit, Lori, about? what you call the solutions table? Yes. So at events, I love to have a spot where there is somebody who's well-versed in the software, not just the back end of manager or the back end of the software, which is important, but also the end user experience. So 
whoever you have that is personable and that understands what it looks like from the end user's perspective to navigate the software, you want to create a space for them to answer questions for people. That also allows the check-in people to push them along out of check-in because inevitably there is always the person who you'll check them in, you'll send Mm -hmm. them a login link, and then they're trying to figure out their Apple ID and they're downloading their 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 app and they're just standing there. They won't leave check-in until they're completely set up because they're a little nervous about mm-hmm. a new platform. So for those people, you can just say, hey, you know what? I'm going to say, Bob, Bob, you can just head right over here and... Kristen can help you out with that. She's there just for that to get you all set up. Not just the software. You even have bidders that will come to the check-in volunteers who only know how to check people in or print them a name tag. Hopefully, they've already had their name (laughs) tag, Lori. But people who go, okay, well, I want to bid on this item in the live auction. When is that happening? Or I'm supposed to be part of the, the program after this video highlight. And again, those are great questions, but they're holding up the line. So to have somebody who's well-versed in the software, the registration and check-in process, but also the event as a whole. I agree, the event. Yeah. Yeah, so one of our hand-bid staff actually had to go replace toilet paper in the bathroom last weekend (laughs) because she was sitting at the solutions table. (laughs) And that was the solution for the moment. (laughs) And so when a guest came out and said, there's no toilet paper in the women's bathroom, and you're a problem solver, you go find it. But right. I think it is what you said is important. So, yeah, they might need to know how to use the software. In a lot of cases, they're asking a question about the event or they're asking a question about are you validating parking or where do I check my coat or I don't want to sit with the Mac guys. I'm sorry. <laughs> <laughs> or I'm <laughs> a checkout volunteer. I, where do I go? What do right. I do? Right. Oh, volunteer volunteers, check-in. you're right. Like volunteers Perfect. come in the door and they're like, what do I do? Like, look, if you guys are going to ask someone to volunteer – Tell them where to, who to find and ask for when they get there. Okay, because they usually come to the check-in staff. I'm like, are you here to check in? Yes, I am. They are here to check in, yeah. just not for the event, for the volunteer side. And you're like getting their name and finally like, wait a second. She's like, oh, no, I'm not here to check in as a guest. I'm here as a volunteer. Oh, volunteer check-ins over there. Okay. That's a perfect thing to have at Solutions. Yeah. Oh, hey, Betty, I see you are serving drinks so right. you're to be here at five o'clock enjoy right. yourself check back in at five o'clock betty you are here and you were supposed to be replenishing the toilet paper in the bathroom betty? and you're two hours late betty <laughs> <laughs> no it's it is important to do that yeah. and in in name tag is a solutions issue uh table assignments where am i sitting is a solutions issue my three of my guests aren't coming. I need to give you new names. That's a solutions issue. I mean, you can have the check-in staff do it. And if it's not busy, they probably will. If it's super busy and it's going to take a little bit of time to get people kind of moved around, just have someone at a laptop in a corner that can kind of handle those escalations. We call them escalations, right? Yeah, escalations. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And look, the other night I did help a guy with his phone. He had been bidding on the web all day. And had downloaded the Hambit app and wanted to transition to the Hambit app and had kind of lost a couple steps along the way. He had not, they gave him some instructions that they wanted him to do, and, and there was a couple of things in there that, that got skipped. So we got him up and running in, you know, less than a minute. But it was just because someone at check in said, Hey, will you help this guy? He came to me with a problem. Like I checked him in, he's all good, he's paddle, whatever. Can you get him set up on his phone? Yes. So I like that. And a solutions table is a great way for 
your staff or, or your key volunteer team to really have eyes on what's happening with your guests when they first sure. arrive. So that would yeah. be a good position for a development coordinator or events coordinator to be just to even see how they're interacting with the line and how your volunteers that you've assigned to check in are doing and what kinds of questions people have so that when you do your debrief for next year, you know how to pivot yep. and how to create a better experience for your guests. Awesome. That's awesome. Okay, we only have one more. Okay. So this came up in a conversation we had recently. And so a number of us attended an event here in Denver. And it was just a it was a it was enough different than what we're used to that we said this is just an interesting topic. And the topic was this is a fundraiser that it's not terribly expensive to go to. I mean it's not the cheapest thing. I think a ticket was 150 bucks, but it's not terribly expensive to attend. There's thousands of people at it. It is, they're raising money. They, they've done a tremendous job with sponsorship. And so I believe the sponsorships cover the food, the drink, and the venue rental and security and all that kind of stuff. So I think wow. the ticket sales go directly to the charity. But what was interesting as we're sitting there kind of enjoying this event was there's probably a, ma- a, a huge number of people here who don't realize this is the charity. And if they do, they probably don't know what the charity does. So we were like, so what's better? Is it better to have 300 people, 400 people come to your event that are all donating or buying $1,000, $2,000 tables or donating tens of thousands of dollars, hopefully? Or would you rather run an event where you've got 5,000 people showing up paying 100 bucks? I, I mean, I don't know, but mm. it was a new one for us. And so we thought we would bring it up because I think for some people, it creates a different angle. It's like it's almost like, like a different business model for your event. I'm, I'm going to do enough here to remind people this is a charity. It'll make their ticket for whatever it's worth tax deductible. But at the same time, I'm really going for numbers over, you know, intimacy, I guess. Mm-hmm. Have you been to an event like that? I mean, more concert events. Yeah. Concert events can be like that where there's a big headliner concert and you might not quite know what they're raising money for, mm-hmm. but it's just a big event. But I don't, I don't really know, Jeff. I mean, I lean, I mean, I lean towards the more casual event anyway. So I have a tendency to lean a little bit more towards a larger, more casual event mm-hmm. like that than I would a formal, just two to three hundred of your biggest donors because I like the community aspect. But I think where they could improve potentially is really having that moment to talk about the charity and mm-hmm. what it is at a time that would be most received probably earlier in the evening. Well, let's see what comes out of this. Let's see if I get an email. Yeah. Right, for the tickets that we bought and mm-hmm. and kind of what the charity decides to do with that information and kind of where they go with it. But like again, hats off to them. They did a tremendous the, the event was a blast, okay? It felt more like a party than a fundraiser, although I think in a lot of ways your fundraiser should feel like a party. It should be yeah. fun. You know, check-in was smooth. There's nothing to do, right? Would I change some aspects of, of how they engage with people in the audience? Yes, I would. Biasly, I would. I, I think I have some technical technology <laughs> ideas and advice for them. But but outside of that, I mean, I think it was just, it was a, it was a great event. And, I, and I'm throwing it out there on this podcast because I think for some people who are trying to figure out, like, what do I do or what do I change? And we did, we had the same conversation, right? We ran a derby event for years and it was a more intimate one. I mean, the average 
I would say the average person at our Derby event was paying anywhere from $500 to $1,000 in terms of total spend at our event. You know, and we'd have 300 to 400 people come. Now, we talked about, do we ever turn that into something where we're just charging a $100 ticket and use sponsorships to cover the, you know, the overall expenses and see what we make out of it? You know, can you drive that that amount of sales or not? We When we moved our Derby event to a concert, we had the same conversation. Do we just bring in a headliner band, get all their fans to come, sell a cheap ticket? You know, maybe it's not open bar or maybe it's open bar till we run out of what was donated. I don't know. But like, you know, we decided to kind of keep it intimate. But I do think that for some folks out there trying to think about what could I do that's different than what I've been doing? Maybe this isn't an angle. If you feel like you've got the marketing chutzpah, yeah. That word? That's the trick with that yeah. event yeah. in particular because it is pretty much a great marketing tool in a really cool part of town right. and a lot of people want to go. Right. So you do have a like a big reach, which yeah. is what I really think is cool about an event like that. You have a big reach, but you also have to put a lot of work in up front to get the people in the door. Yep. To get them to know about the party of the year right. or whatever. Yeah. So anyway, that was the last thing we had in our grab bag. Do you guys, you ladies have any parting thoughts about anything else? Last words? Oh my God, the two people in hand that love to get the last word have no last words. I don't believe that. <laughs> no, I just think I, I encourage people to, to think outside the box. Do something a little bit different at your event. Do something that's going to be a touch that's just yeah. more casual, a little bit more relaxing. Okay. You have a parting thought? I agree. And if there's one thing we've learned on, on the podcast so far, it's don't be afraid to pivot in the moment and take care of the people who are at your event. Yeah. And talk to them. Don't let them walk in the door, grab their name tag and sit down, whatever you do. <laughs> Greet them. Thank them for being there. Make sure their email address is right. They'll appreciate that so they get their invoice at the end of the night. I think all of those things are important. And I think what you do with that information on the other side of the event is equally important. So think about that when you're thinking about how you streamline your check-in. But okay, fun mailbag, grab bag, closed. episode. Opened. Open, closed. Okay. <laughs> Send us- your question. Yes. Write us a review and definitely subscribe to this podcast if you're listening to it. Recommend to your friends that they listen to it. We appreciate your input and your feedback. And until next time, best of luck in your fundraising events. <laughs>